whenever you're ready. Okay. Amy Styring, you're Associate Professor of Archaeological Science at the University of Oxford and Fellow of St Cross College. You came to St Cross College quite recently. Can you share your backstory? Yes, so in a way it's a little bit um, misleading to say that I'm a very recent um, addition to St Cross because, so I started as a Fellow in September last year um, when, as you say, I was appointed as Associate Professor. Um, But actually before that, um, about three years ago, I was in Oxford as a postdoc um, in archaeology for four years. And then I was a member of the common room. So I've actually, um, I've got to know St Cross over the years, but but it feels, it does still feel new because I think as a fellow, you take a lot more, um, you take a lot more part in things like the governing body. Um, I come to lunch a lot more often, so so it feels it feels still quite new. And I think being a member of staff is, is quite a different experience from being a postdoc. And and it's nice to be able to think long term now, um, not these sort of shorter shorter stints of research that you become a bit more used to as a <laughs> as a researcher. So, um, but in terms of um, yeah, sort of longer term backstory. Um, I, I studied archaeology and chemistry at Exeter University um, because I could never decide between uh, humanities and science, so I, I decided to take both. And then I went to Bristol University to do a PhD. And again, I was sort of in a, um, in a research group in the chemistry department, but it was sort of a bubble of archaeologists and um, people working on paleoclimate sort of within chemistry. Um, and I, so I spent three years at um, three four years at Bristol, and and then after that I um, I took a break from academia. So I went first of all I went to volunteer for a charity that's interested in renewable energy and alternative technologies. Um, so I had done a um, while I was doing my PhD, NERC, the Natural Environment Research Council. Um, funded a three-month secondment to the Welsh Assembly, so basically the equivalent of the UK Parliament in Wales. Um, and I, I was interested in, so I was basically writing sort of briefings for Parliament for members of Parliament um, to explain various things. So I did one on the Common Fisheries Policy. So it really got me interested in sort of explaining research or explaining synthesising. Um, lots of different sources for to make them accessible to different audiences and so um, that's what I did after my PhD I while I was working for this charity I was doing quite a lot of educational activities um, giving talks to the public about different sort of um, ways in which we could become carbon neutral and then after that I got a job with the Royal Society of Chemistry um, on their graduate program which again was working in different departments, but one was in the education team, um, also in the science policy team. So again, this was sort of making um, quite complex chemistry ideas. In this case, it was synthetic biology, so sort of making cells from scratch rather than culturing, culturing them in test tubes, and making those sort of the new research accessible, um, also working on careers materials for students, organising conferences. Um, but I really enjoyed that, I really enjoyed the work, but it, it became apparent to me that I'm not suited to a nine-to-five office job. 
where a manager's sort of telling me, telling me what to do and you're sort of a part of a, I guess, a, a cog in a machine. And I, I really sort of hankered back to, to doing research and to the sort of academic life. And so I applied for and I got a, a postdoc in Oxford. So this sort of brings me to um, the four years that I spent in Oxford as a postdoc on a large um, European Research Council funded, funded project. Um, and then after that, I've, um, I've just spent two and a half to three years in Germany um, as a fellow funded by the Alexander von Humboldt Foundation. And the sort of the, the focus of the um, Humboldt Foundation is to foster links between international um, academics and, and um, Germany and sort of build up those networks. Just a question, whereabouts in Germany? Um, I was in Frankfurt. So Frankfurt and mine um, for yes, it was a two-year fellowship, um, and it was yeah, it was a great experience to be somewhere in a very different environment, um, quite a different research environment. But um, yeah, it really broadened my my sort of experience. Okay, so what were the outcomes from uh, from from that work? So the reason I um, I chose to go to Frankfurt is that um, they have a very good research group that's focused on African archaeology and also in particular archaeobotany which is the study of plant remains that are recovered from archaeological sites so they're interested in um, what sort of crops people were growing um, how the vegetation changed um, through time and I'm interested in food production so this was an opportunity to um, so in my previous work I've really I focused on um, on sites sort of in Europe in the Near East but this was an opportunity to, to um, in a way, compare what the findings um, from previous research um, with, with the situation in West Africa. And so that's why um, I decided to, to go there and, uh, yeah, and use the material that they've collected during many, many years of excavations in order to understand more or gain more knowledge about how people were farming and producing their food in West Africa about well, between 2,000 and 1,000 years ago. Okay. You've told us a little bit about um, uh, life in Oxford as an associate professor. Can you tell me how different it is to, to your other existence in Oxford prior to, to being here now? Yeah, so as I, as I um, yeah, briefly mentioned, it, it is nice. It's a different, I think, having a long-term perspective, knowing that um, I have this academic position, um, it's very exciting to be, to really join the, um, yeah, the Oxford community long term um, and I've, it's nice to actually come back to Oxford. In a way, things haven't changed, um, still a lot of people that I, that I knew from when I was here before but at, at, the, at the same time um, it's very different I think as a, as a member of staff. So I'm, I was never here as a student and so I think um, your eyes are open to I guess more to the student experience when you're teaching students. And, and so that's different from being a postdoc, I think. Um, Fantastic. And uh, how are you finding some cross college? Is it different now to to when you were here as a um, as a as a member of Common Room? Yes. Yeah, so I, I definitely spend more time in the in the lunch in the dining room now that I'm now that my fellow, and it's nice to be. I think feel very involved in the college. I mean, I, it's still very new, but um, being a member of governing body. So again being involved in those sort of long-term decision-making. And I think it's a really 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, as I found before, it's a very friendly college. I also really enjoy um, the opportunity to be an advisee to distant cross students. And I find that fascinating because uh, I meet students doing all sorts of things from linguistics to area studies in Latin America. And all of them, I think, oh, that, that sounds like something, something I'd quite like to do. And so it's really nice to, again, broaden the perspective um, from, from archaeology, archaeological science, and learn about what, what, other, um, what other studies there are to be done here. You've told us something about your, your research already. Uh, can I probe a little bit, and can you talk a bit more about some of the research highlights that you've had in recent, in recent times? Yeah, so I think my, I am focused on understanding more about how people were producing food um, and also what they, what they were eating. So essentially food, food and farming, um, and also how people were, what that meant in terms of how people were using the land. Um, and so I've, as I said, I've worked in, in quite diverse regions of the world. Um, and so when I was here in Oxford before, I was looking at how um, people, when urban centres emerged, so when some of the first cities in the Near East sort of emerged about 4000 BC, how were, how did people produce enough food for these sudden sort of agglomerations of people? Um, how did farming practices change? So I actually use, I, um, I look at the chemistry of, of archaeological remains, so whether they are plant remains, um, animal bones, human bones. Um, I look at the chemistry in order to, for plant remains, reconstruct what um, the conditions that those plants were growing in, so whether they were being watered, whether they were receiving sort of um, inputs like animal manure to, to help increase um, the yield of those crops. Um, and then for human and animal bones, getting um, this can tell you about what um, humans were eating, so how important crops were in their diet or how much how important meat was in their diet. Um, and this helps to build up a picture of sort of the subsistence economy and then see how this changed through time. So as I said, I, I looked at, um, at changes in um, yeah, in farming practices in, in the Near East. And then my more recent research in Germany was focused on a similar, looking at similar things in terms of farming practices in West Africa. So a series of sites in Burkina Faso dating to between 2,000 years ago and 1,000 years ago. And again, this is a time when um, there are a lot more, the number of settlements increases, so population seems to increase. Um, people started off by um, moving their fields around the landscape, so shifting cultivation, which you tend to see in the tropics today. Um, but then they started to um, have more permanent fields. And so the question was, well, how did they manage that? How do you keep soil fertile when you're farming it repeatedly for many, many years? Um, and so the finding of that study was that we, find, we found definitive evidence that they were using increasing amounts of animal manure for that. And so that implies that there was a relationship between um, pastoralists who had large herds of, of cattle, sheep and goat, and farmers who were staying and sort of farming the fields. So it's, I think it's really interesting. It's nice to have a user technique, such as this sort of the chemistry and chemical analysis, but to be able to apply it to very different, very different regions from the Near East to, uh, to West Africa. Can you tell us a bit more about the, the, the specific techniques and the isotopes that you're using? Just a little? Yes, so I, 
focus on for for looking at this uh, manuring practice so sort of inputs of um yeah of organic matter i look at, focus on the nitrogen isotope values so um there are two isotopes of nitrogen one heavy and one light and you look at the relative amounts of those in for example um charred cereal grains that you might find in archaeological sites preserved for thousands of years and when what's been found in in modern studies is that when you manure crops um, they have a lot more of the heavy isotope in them and so you can use this sort of signal as it's it's almost like these cereal grains are a bit of a time capsule for this for this signal and then you when you um, when you analyze the chemistry the isotope values of these grains then you can um, com get an idea of how can't say an exact amount, but you can get an idea of relatively how how well manured they were, for example. Very good. <clears throat> I can see the importance of your work. Um, understanding food and food production is a very pressing contemporary issue. Um, what makes your work important for archaeology and what makes it important for people outside of archaeology? So I think in terms of for archaeology, it's I think things are definitely changing, but in the past there has been a slight focus on the sort of the gold and the metals and the elites and, and actually the, the base of society is subsistence, is how, how people were eating and what they were eating and how they were producing that food. And so I think it's really interesting for all areas of archaeology, whether that's from classical Roman archaeology through to, um, through to the New World, it's... It, that's the sort of fundamental basis from which society is um, is supported, and so I think for archaeologists it's really interesting. The more detail we can get about everyday lives is is really 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 useful. In terms of um, a sort of wider relevance, I think as you said, I mean understanding how in the past how people have produced food is is really interesting, and it also um, you can't set an ex up an experiment today to run for a thousand years to see what the effect of a particular farming practice or a particular choice of crops or a particular use of the land, what, that, what effect that might have on, um, on soil erosion, on uh, fertility of the soil, on population. Um, but you can look in the past and you essentially have a sort of, it's not an experiment, but you essentially have all these potential variables playing out in different areas of the world at different times. And so I think, again, by understanding in more detail about what happened in the past, we, that will help us to understand the impacts of some of the practices that we're um, carrying out today on things like soil fertility and production of, of crops. You've talked about long-term thinking and how important it is for you and to, to have the opportunity to do um, long-term planning for your research. So tell us about your horizon as you see it. Yes, well, I have to admit my, my immediate horizon is uh, surviving my first year of, um, of being a new lecturer. So writing my lectures and um, getting to, to grips with, with all that, all that sort of the, um, the activities that that involves, um, which is very, very exciting. Long term, yes, it's, it's sort of, it's continuing to develop new methods that can, um, that can really add detail to some of these insights. So that's something that I'm very interested in here in Oxford, using some of the techniques I've used in the past. But also, um, 
to date, I've, I've, I've focused quite a lot on farming um, and focused a lot on, on sort of growing of crops. I'm really also interested in, in animal diet and, and managing of animals, sort of um, foddering strategies, so um, giving ad additional food to animals, where were they herded in the landscape. And then also this um, reconstructing how people were using the land. So again, not just focusing on the um, crop fields um, and, and pastures for animals, but what about the woodlands and the rivers and the oceans? Um, again, these are all things that can be um, better understood by using these chemical um, methods. In a sense, building up a, a more complete human ecology of subsistence. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Amy Styring, thank you very much. Thank you.